Welcome to Travel First with Alex First. On my second day in the sprawling city of Moscow, my wife and I headed to the Kremlin. The word Kremlin, which means fortress inside a city, was first recorded in 1331. Moscow's Kremlin, which overlooks Red Square, includes five palaces, four cathedrals, the Kremlin Wall and Towers. It also houses the Grand Kremlin Palace, formerly the Tsar's Moscow residence. The fortified complex now serves as the official residence of the President of Russia, Vladimir Putin, and as a museum. Understandably, it's a very popular place to take a gander. More than 2.7 million people made their way there in 2017. A ticket to go inside costs 500 rubles. That's just over 10 Australian dollars. You pay another 300 rubles if you'd like to hire an audio guide, which you can hang around your neck on a string and which describes each of the attractions as you reach them. On top of that, if you do want the guide, you need to leave a deposit or an ID such as a driver's licence, which you get back when you return the guide. Honestly, while we hired audio guides, which provide you with a lot of detail, my wife and I found the information detailed but dry, so we quickly ditched them. I reckon there's enough info inside the various museums, in English as well as Russian, for most people to do without. But that's just my take on the matter. I should add that inside four of the churches, we picked up colour brochures for free that gave us a great rundown of the major murals and portraits and paintings. A visit to the Kremlin typically takes about two hours. Ours lasted three. As you can imagine, some of the edifices are spectacular and imposing, and inside is a treasure trove of history. Our meanderings included the Assumption Cathedral, built between 1475 and 79. That was the major church of the state in which all Russian czars were crowned. The Annunciation Cathedral was constructed between 1484 and 89 and was the church of Moscow's great princes and later of Russian czars. The Archangel Cathedral first saw the light of day between 1505 and 1508 and was used as a burial vault for the great princes and czars. Then there's the Patriarch's Palace and Twelve Apostles' Church, built between 1652 and 56, as the official residence of Patriarchs of Moscow and of all Russia. The Church of Laying Our Lady's Holy Robe, the Church of Russian Bishops and Patriarchs, was erected between 1484 and 85. Don't overlook the Ivan the Great Bell Tower, the Kremlin's highest point, which took shape during the 16th and 17th centuries. Weighing nearly 40 tonnes, the Tsar Cannon, cast in 1586, is the largest known medieval gun. It's well worth a look. Tipping the scales at a whopping 200 tonnes, the Tsar Bell, cast between 1733 and 35, is the world's largest. Both its height and diameter exceed six metres. Impressive. This is Travel First with Alex First. After leaving the Kremlin, we wandered through the adjacent Alexander Garden, which stretches the length of the Western Wall, some 865 metres, and stopped at the Grotto Ruins, which consist of a grotto and four marble columns. It was built in 1820, eight years after fire ravaged Moscow, destroying much of the city as Napoleon and his army entered. A little further along, we also visited the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, which was opened in 1967. 
Flanked by two guards, it's a memorial dedicated to Soviet soldiers killed during the Second World War. The Red Square beckoned, and we're off to see the truly spectacular Cathedral of Vasily the Blessed, commonly known as St Basil's Cathedral, with its strikingly beautiful coloured and rounded onion domes of different heights. Now an official museum, it was built between 1555 and 1561 on orders from Ivan the Terrible, the Grand Prince of Moscow, and is one of the most brilliant places to photograph from the outside. Once you see it, you'll know why. The wow factor is off the Richter scale. It was declared a World Heritage Site by UNESCO, along with the entire Kremlin. We paid our 700 rubles, or about 15 Australian dollars each, and spent an hour inside looking at the various exhibits. Absolutely fascinating, and a great way to see out the day. Now, here's an interesting little sidebar. A number of the traffic lights in Moscow we've come across have a very long crossing wait time, something that's particularly noticeable when you're on foot, like we are. I'm talking about over 60 seconds, and there's a countdown, so you can see how long you have before the light changes colour from green to red. You've been listening to Travel First. For more, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the full podcast at Audioboom, Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com.